0: Dan Perkins Media proudly presents Moms Across America, a program where women can speak their minds openly and freely without fear of reprisal. Moms Across America is about the issues of the day confronting America from a mom's point of view. And now here
1: are the moms. Hello and welcome to Moms Across America. This is Vicki Tonkins with my co-host and Eubelis with Southern Sense. And we're going to start our show today first with our commercial about your free constitution at ashbrook.com forward slash constitution. Remember, you got to know what you what you can do. You got to know what um, your freedoms are. So read the constitution. Get your free one right there. No excuse. All right. We're going to start out our show today with this new word that I think is called caused a little bit of confusion it's that word equity because some people would say equity is the same as equality and i say boulder dash because it is not (laughs) so annie you pointed out an article let's see the authors are jay green who's a phd and madison Marino, talking about equity Elementary extended. So I guess this is talking about elementary schools. The growth and effects of diversity, equity, and inclusion. I got to tell you, I don't know about your area, but in our area, we have an election coming up uh, this November that is for school boards, as well as just different propositions, you know, just asking for more tax dollars. We have about three or four school districts that are asking for more money mm-hmm. yet test scores are down kids being able to read on grade level is down being able to do math on grade level is down yet it seems like the schools just don't have enough money so what would they spend that money on
2: <laughs> a
1: chief <laughs> diversity officer a uh-huh. cdo specifically okay. to talk about diversity and <laughs>
0: Uh, folks, this is your tax dollar at work for you on how to dumb down America. And the article came up on a uh, Heritage Foundation. Uh, they do absolutely fantastic work on here. And this was a study yes. that was done, I believe it was through Stanford. And it shows that now 48% of the school districts in the United States with a uh, school district composing of 15,000 students or more have a diversity officer chief diversity officer and yet they also have a huge drop in what they're putting out in students especially in the black and hispanic uh areas and they are so concentrated on the politics and not the education when it comes to diversity and they're showing that these students are all failing very very badly And this is your tax dollar because these diversity programs, these equity programs, they are produced by outside agencies brought into the school district courtesy of a tax dollar. Now, this diversity officer paid by your tax dollar is helping to dumb down students. However, school districts that do not have a diversity officer have found that coming out of the pandemic, They've brought the grades back up. Now,
1: something's telling
0: us that something's wrong with this picture.
1: Well, this, this is my theory. This is a Vicky Tonkin's theory about equity. I was reading another article that we're going to talk probably about in the next segment of the different things they're doing to talk about privilege and the ridiculousness. Being black in America, I kind of understand a little bit about the, what is happening among minority groups, because one of the things I know when I was growing up, I never questioned whether or not my parents loved me. I never, and we were poor, I never questioned my right to an education. I never questioned that I was equal with anyone else in my classroom, that that I was just not raised to have those types of thoughts. Now, outside influence would try to make me feel a little different. And when you mentioned that this is an outside group that's coming in to teach about equality, anytime you have a a group come in outside of the education process. And what I'm talking about is reading, writing, and arithmetic you're going to have these types of results. And I'm not saying every family is perfect, they're not. I don't think there's one family that's perfect. However, I think the majority of parents love their children and want the best for them. That is felt in the home. Mm -hmm. But when you go to school and you're told, well, this group is better than that group or they think they're better than that group and you are supposed to feel uh, threatened or less than, how are you going to focus on education? You don't
2: you sometimes can't focus
1: on whether or not you're you can read the story or you're constantly thinking about, well, who's looking at me and how are they looking at me and how are they making me feel? And that's all this is about. This is about feelings and emotion. Can we not leave that in the home and let the kids learn reading, writing, and arithmetic?
0: Well, you know, something was interesting said um during the pandemic. Uh, when the teachers were going on strike and everything else, they said, we have your kids for the vast majority of the day and you get them for a few hours when they go home and have dinner with you, watch TV and go to bed. But we have control of them the vast majority of their day. And when you think about how many days they have them, how how long they have them from pre-kindergarten all the way up through college, that's a huge chunk of their life. For an outside influence, not the family influence on that child. And when you have politics in the classroom, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and a child is made to feel that, hey, because you're born white, you now have something called white privilege. And anyone else born not white, being they born black or brown, that they have a disadvantage simply because of their skin color. And instead of teaching kids that the honest answer is we all have the same organs inside us. We have brains, hearts, lungs, our blood. When you cut us, we all bleed the same red. God gave us a gift of diversity, but he also gave us the gift of tolerance and understanding. And instead of teaching the kids that, they say because you have the the you're a victim because you're born this way. No, you're not a victim. It's what you True. do with your life. And if someone tries to make you a victim, then you have the ability to counter that. And instead of teaching them that, and ter- instead of turning around and saying that kid with the blonde hair right next to you is just as smart as you are, or they have different talents than you have, and you're both going right. to grow up learning to use those talents but you're both gifted individuals in your own right. But instead we have a political program here that is making people billions of dollars outside of the school system. You've got private companies owned by the mega elite in our society. And yeah. of course, shh, the media is not gonna talk about that. So in order to make more money, they cause turmoil which gets them to spend more money in the school district. And it's your tax dollars not working the way it should be.
1: Exactly. And I got to tell you, I have seen in our area, and I think I have mentioned this before, I have seen an increase of parents removing their students from the regular brick and mortar schools and either putting them on online classes, which I'm not sure is, is too much better depending on what the system is, or, many of them are going to homeschooling. And in that homeschooling, they have started these different uh, co-ops where parents can come together and have instructors that they can safely leave their children with, knowing that they're getting the proper education. They're not being taught who's better than whom or, or why you should look this way or because you look this way. They're being taught, like I said, reading, writing, arithmetic, they're being taught true history. Uh, I have a good friend who is a director of a co-op and I gotta tell you, she is doing an amazing job with these children and what they're being taught. Most of us didn't even get when we were in school. I mean, I, I, I don't understand. Well, I, I, I'm not gonna say that. I do understand why this is happening. This is to, like you said, Annie, to dumb down, students because listen if you don't know our history if you don't know the true history because you can see from the statues to everything else they're trying to take that away what our history is when you don't know that what's that saying if you if you fail to remember history you will repeat it Mm -hmm. and i think that's that's part of it but the other part is they want kids to be so emotional about everything They can't, they're not teaching them to think, they're not teaching them to, to um, see a situation and be able to logically look at it and make rational Mm -hmm. versus emotional decisions. If you have people who are just emotionally charged all the time, they're not thinking properly. Well, you
0: said something very, very important that it's all emotional, but as a child grows up, they need to learn to control their impulses and emotion and learn what the difference is from your desire to your need. And instead, we have children growing up into adults that are unable to control their impulses. And if they don't control their impulses, yeah. they are subject to the whims of the psychiatrists or society at large that says, (laughs) hey, listen, guess what? It's okay for you to change your gender because God didn't decide. God made a mistake. I'm sorry, God does not make mistakes. God chose you and this person, this body, this time. And it's what you do with it proves who you are. But you take that away. No, no, no. Whatever you feel is good. And it doesn't matter if it hurts anyone else around you. And And this is what we have, a generation of people that are addicted to their impulses instead of a
1: member of society. And then, you know, you take that back to the home. Okay, so the kids have spent all this time at school with these people, I hate to say this, but brainwashing them. And then they come home and they're saying these things to the parents and the parents are like, what in the world? What are you talking about? And so you're giving more work i guess you could say to the parent to have to encourage their their child no you are fine the way you are you are beautiful you are and 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 i'm just like i don't understand why these people think they have to fix these children they're beautiful the way they are i mean i look at babies and i look at these young kids and i just smile because you know, you see their little personalities coming forth and their differences. And it's a beautiful thing. Why are we trying to change that? Because we've allowed
0: our parents in today's society to abrogate their responsibility to government. And it's parents' job to take that responsibility back into their home. And we're down to our last 30 seconds here, Vicki. So, um, when we come back, why don't we talk about something else I sent you about the power of a two-parent uh, family.
1: Oh, we just- Sounds good to me. We'll be right back in a moment. Oh.
2: Inflation for most people is causing them to use their credit cards to try and make up for income shortfalls. How big is this problem? In the second quarter of 2022, Americans added 46 billion dollars to their credit card balances. Some of that could be you. The Federal Reserve Consumer Credit Report showed that the rate of interest on credit cards went from 14.56 to 16.65%. Those Americans struggling with credit card debt saw their delinquency rates escalate from 1.66% to 1.81%. The Cambridge Debt Consolidation program may be able to help you reduce the interest rates by two-thirds and cut your time to pay off the debt from 30 years to as little as five years. If you're struggling and you want professional and objective help getting your credit house in order, then call one 855 435 2066 or All right, to- You're back? We're back, Vicky.
0: Go yeah. ahead.
1: <laughs> All right. Welcome back to Moms Across America. One of the we you know the first segment we were talking about education in this whole new what is it called? Director of equity or whatever, it's like, why in the world are we gonna pay this person? Probably giving them millions of dollars to do this program. Um, I'm one of those kind of people, I like to look at the root of problems, not just looking at the problem. I, why is why do we have this problem? And one of the things that um, uh, Annie brought up was this other article, um, by Uh, ian Rowe, and it's called two parent privilege how americans stopped getting married and started falling behind this was very very interesting to me because like i had said to you uh before we came back on i want to know the root of a problem not just look at the problem and i think this is part of that root this is part of that big root system of the problems that we're having, not just in society, but specifically with our children. This is talking about two-parent homes and the difference that we're seeing in children if they're in a two-parent home versus a one-parent home. And when I say parent, I'm talking mom and dad. I want to be clear on that. And I think y'all know why. (laughs) So... (laughs) So I th- I found it really interesting how they compared a minority family with two parents, mom and dad, and a Caucasian family with mom and dad, and how it affected the children. What was your take from that, Annie?
0: All right, well, the article which appeared in National Review, uh, the October 2nd uh, issue, um, I found very interesting. And years ago there used to be a larger disparity between caucasian and other race that gap is closing especially with the increase of a single parent house which in the white segment of our society is now really bursting at it seems um but if you trace back which the article I'm, i'm sorry did not do to the source of this go back to lyndon johnson and his great society and now he brought in um the welfare and everything else. And the intent was to break apart the family. That was the original intent and they've succeeded. And what we had in the 1960s, where you had a small segment of society that was a single parent. And my goodness, if you were a single parent, you were ostracized. So you looked to work and stay in a marriage. And today divorce is so easy to get. It is so easy to split apart a family instead of working to keep it together. And when a child sees two parents working as a couple, as partners equally, that child develops healthy. And they find statistically, a child from a broken family, a child from a one-parent family, has higher cases of dropout, of of physical and sexual abuse, of mental abuse, uh, higher cases of alcoholism, drug addiction, crime, uh, incarceration, compared to children of a two-parent family. And even if one parent may be abusive, it was still the child had a healthier outcome. Not a better outcome, but still a healthier outcome than a parent, a child from a one parent. Now, this is statistically, doesn't happen in every family. Now, look at our Senator Tim Scott. He's the exception to the rule. However, when you take that and extrapolate that across the board and not looking at The factors I just mentioned of the addictions, the abuse, and so forth. But what happens now to the child in the classroom? It has a dramatic effect. So when they do statistics on the education system, they leave out this one vital factor. What's the marital status of the home that child is coming from? And when you look at what's going on with that child throughout their history and not placing it in the classroom too, they do that child and the statistics a great disservice.
1: Yes, yes. And I find it curious in part of the article, it says that um, according to the Census Bureau data, a two-parent Black household is more likely to be poor than is a two-parent White household. But both are far less likely to be poor than is a mother-only household of either race. Mm -hmm. I thought that was pretty interesting. In other words, if you are a baby about to be born, your best odds to choose married black parents over unmarried white ones. I thought that was really interesting because I don't think it's necessarily that both parents are working in that two parent household as much as it is the rich enrichment that you have coming from a man and a woman's perspective in the household. And I know a lot of people don't like that idea, but it is so important in a household. Because I I just think about my children and they talk about how different uh, my husband and I were in raising them. But we brought a balance to their upbringing because we saw things different as a man and a woman. Mm -hmm. And we're trying to destroy that in our society, but it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, And it brings such a balance to children. Now, take that
0: a little bit further, one step further. When you mentioned the single-parent household, ask yourself, why does Planned Parenthood open their clinics in Black neighborhoods? Where you have a high number of single-parent households, and how much like more likely it, will that single woman end up aborting that baby compared to a
1: married couple? That's right. Because there's that whole feeling of I'm by myself, I'm already struggling, why I'm going to bring another child into this, into this uh, situation. I I get it. I understand that mentality, but there's so much more to it. And it's so much deeper. I mean, because I think now I even look at some of uh, uh, my children's friends, you know, they're grown, they have their own families now, but how many of their friends are waiting to have children or deciding Mm -hmm. not to have children. They're married, but they're making these decisions based on the economy, based on their feelings. And this all stems from this whole thing of, well, you can't make it anymore in society, married or unmarried. So why have children? And then you have the other side. Why do I need a man? Why do I need a woman? If I want children, I can just have children, right? It's, it's all mixed up, and I think it causes a lot of confusion for children, and the school system does not help with that at all. No.
0: What they've done is they have tried to separate us from God, and when they did that, now they separate us from our families, and if yes. you look at society as it is today, how many more people have a doom and gloom outlook rather than there's hope? There's always something we can do to change our situation and make things better. Now you and I understand that we always look forward and if we see something wrong, we go about finding a way to fix it and make it right. In today's society, no, someone else has to fix it. We see that something's wrong. Um, It's not our business. It's not our problem, but you know what? I'm depressed because of that. And you, we have a doom and gloom outlook and Hopefully we can get an administration in this office that will bring back pride and hope in America again and show the beauty and greatness because there's no nation like ours in the entire world that gives the freedoms and the opportunities. But what we have is a segment of our society, our youth that are being taught. You don't have any help. You will always be a victim. So face it, Flounder. There's nothing there out there for you except right. what you feel in that moment. We've and got to reverse goes, it.
1: Yes, and it goes back to that whole equity thing we were talking about at, at, the, at the beginning of the show, how this, this everything is about emotion. One of the things that I learned early on in life is circumstances are subject to change and can change pretty quick. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, So it's like if, if everything is emotional for an individual, and the circumstances are changing every hour they're going to be an emotional wreck overload short circuit. Yes. so being able to deal with change being able to deal with uh, a circumstance that may not be favorable to you you can't always approach that emotionally you have to approach that with some type of understanding of how to deal with the situation and I don't like you to use the word logically, but that's the only way I can describe it, is where you can look at a situation and say, okay, this looks really bad. What is my next step for this situation? It's hard to do that as a child if you don't have any direction in the home. And like I was saying, when you have a mom and a dad and they can give you their different perspectives on it and then come together with a solution to help that child learn how to deal with the situation then they're going to be a better adult but when you have like you said earlier when you're when a child is spending seven eight hours a day in a school system where they're teaching them everything is about emotion how do you fight that as a parent You,
0: you don't that's the whole problem you're not given the tools to fight it with and um You have children, and they are children for a reason. They are not physically and emotionally developed. So they need a parent, and they need a a figure to follow as an example to learn from. But when you have the adult in the room behaving no better than the child, and when you were telling a child that you can change your gender at whim when they're not allowed to buy cigarettes or drink alcohol or drive cars, You know, there's a reason why they don't do it until a certain age, but we're allowing children to make adult decisions. And wasn't it Al Gore that said that kids, you've got to teach your parents, if you remember that. Um, So, you know, the parents are being treated as children and children being treated as adults. A child's brain is not developed until they're in their 20s and sexually yes. developed until they're in the age of 26, 27, sexually developed. So you're asking them to make an adult decision and then to treat the parent like they're idiots. Yes. Hey, I, I took it's a lot not- of wisdom to get to this age.
1: <laughs> and don't you see that even in, uh, in our society in regards to entertainment, um, particularly movies and television shows. I remember when my children were younger, and, you know, Disney was at least halfway decent back then. And they had, but they had started getting these shows where the the dad in particular all, always looked like a buffoon in all of the sitcoms. The dad looked like he was an idiot, didn't know what he was doing. And mom was just flighty and just loved on everybody. And the kids were running the show. And I'm telling you, when I started seeing that, I told my kids, I said, that's it. You're not watching this anymore because that's not how our household is run. That's not how it's supposed to be. And um, to this day, (laughs) I'm telling my kids all the time, watch the Disney shows, make sure my grandbabies are getting the right information (laughs) because I don't want them acting like those people on television, you know? So it's, 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 the kids are getting it from all sides and sometimes the parents are excluded. Um, I want to read something really quickly. I was trying to figure out how I was going to segue into this, but here's the segue. <laughs> um, this is, uh, a, I guess, a test or something that they did in a school in Illinois. So this is how it starts. If you are white, this is the. they blind the students up. If you are white, take two steps forward. If you're a person of color with dark skin, Take mm-hmm. two steps back. If you're black, take two steps back. I'm like what? So this exercise is part of what is called, get this. Mm-hmm. a colorism privilege walk. Yep Actually, this occurred, like I said, in, in a school in Illinois at Evanston, Illinois, mm-hmm. and at many other schools across the country. According to the lesson plan, this is a lesson plan. Moms, this is a lesson plan. The goal was for white students to quote unquote, learn more about white privilege, internationalized dominance, microaggressions, and how to act as an ally for students of color. In other words, the point was to reveal the real sources of a person's privilege. The unearned benefit of being white over intrinsic victimhood of being non-white. How insane is that?
0: You know, (sighs) that school district is being sued by the parents for that curriculum, thankfully. Parents need to take control back. Um, I had a friend of mine at one point um, was asking uh, he happened to be been black and his wife was there sitting in my office. He said, uh, you, I'm a college professor. And and what do you think about that? And I says, you know, I admire you greatly because I was taught to respect a college professor and that yeah. you are a college professor. I have great admiration for, for you. And he goes, well, does it make any difference because I'm black? And I says, no. Does that make any difference on in what's inside your head? No. And this was an older man, but this is what is coming up through our society and teaching our young that, hey, you're a victim because of your skin color. Instead yeah. of saying that you've got a brain that is as equal to, as mine, I respect that's that. And because weird. I give you respect, I'm doing something wrong. <laughs> but Vicki, this has been great. I mean, this the time has flown. The time has flown, girl. It always (laughs)
1: does. (laughs) It always does. Well, Moms Across America, thank you so much for joining us. And, you know, moms, pay attention to what's happening in the classroom of your children. Pay attention to that. Uh, Go visit the classroom. I think I've said that before. Again, thank you so much for joining us. And remember, Moms Across America, you are America. And we'll see you next time.
2: Bye-bye. God bless. Thank you for joining us today, and we'd like to hear your comments or questions. So go to BWRadioNetwork.com, that's BWRadioNetwork.com, and give us your questions or comments. And thanks for joining us today.